Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. Another Friday, another episode of Why Are We Bullish? We got a killer panel today, a couple of returning guests and a first timer. Uh, very excited to introduce you to all of them. Um, plenty to chat about this week. Lots been going on. And uh, I think my reason for being bullish this week is tied to some of the drama we've seen in and around other coins. Uh, I'll leave it at that. Nonetheless, uh, this is live. Anything can happen. Uh, so I defer to my friend Bill here. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. If you have not already, like, subscribe, share, all those things help get this content in front of more eyeballs. I am Ben with the BTC Sessions. This is your daily session. Before we bring in our guests, let's take a quick look at where we are in the market right now. We're sitting at $21,130 per coin. A single US dollar will pick you up 4,733 sats. 91.08% of all Bitcoin have been mined. And in terms of fees, eh, not too bad. 14 sats per byte for next block. But if you're willing to wait around for really 30 minutes to an hour, between one and three sats per byte will do you shout out to sponsors of the show coinkite.com if you are looking at bitcoin hardware these guys just have the best shit honestly i have a disgusting amount of cold cards around my house i love them they're beautiful uh if you saw recently i was in new york city and i was dropping open dimes as like a scavenger hunt around the city which was a lot of fun um you know i love my block clock behind me they've just got all the coolest stuff i recently covered the tap signer and i've got sats cards on the way so if you want to check them out coin kite there's a link down below you can use code btc sessions for five percent off everything in the store if you're in canada shake pay is an easy way to stack sats e-transfers in and out no deposit or withdrawal fees there's a thin spread and if you sign up with the link down below purchase your first hundred bucks worth of bitcoin they'll give you 30 bucks for free you get back the same amount of money when you refer friends and family using your own link you can shake your phone every single day for free sats they've got a sats bag visa card they're just making tons of ways for you to get additional sats. So check them out, shakepay.com. They're linked down below as well. Ledin.io, you can use your Bitcoin for a ton of different services. They've been invaluable to me whenever I have a cash flow issue and I don't want to sell my Bitcoin because that's a taxable event and I'm worried about having to buy back in at a higher price. Well, I can deposit Bitcoin here, get a loan of dollars to my bank account. When I pay back those dollars, I get back the same amount of sats. They do have their Bitcoin and USDC savings accounts and quarterly audits by a third party. So, you know, you're not getting jerked around, uh, which are transparent and you can check cryptographically to ensure that your funds were part of the audit. Uh, they also have their B2X offering. They have Bitcoin backed loans in Canada and soon in some select US states. So check them out at start.ledin.io slash BTC sessions. BitRefill helps me a ton with living on Bitcoin. You can pick up any gift card your little heart desires with Bitcoin, both on chain and via the Lightning Network. Uh, you can also top up Lightning channels. You can top up your phone refills. And if you're in the US, you can use them to pay bills now and get on that Bitcoin standards. So check them out. And finally, 
Bill Foddle over at privacypros.io, you know, pieces of paper for your backups, not the best. I prefer to have my stuff in solid steel so I don't have to worry about things like fire damage and water damage. So they've got you covered here. Check out privacypros.io to get yourself a Bill Foddle. And with that, I am going to stop rambling. I want to get my guests in here because that's who you guys came to see. Uh, We've got Nico, we've got Kevin, we've got Nat. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for being here. I think uh, it's in order that we do a quick round of who are you and what do you do? So, um, Nico, you were just on yesterday. You, you're, you're becoming a staple of the, the session show with the newly anointed Thursday Simply Sessions. Uh, but for those unfamiliar, introduce yourself, man. What's up, guys? I'm Nico. I founded BitVault. We host Bitcoin miners, and I also I'm the host of Simply Bitcoin. And now I help uh btc ben on thursdays to the simply session my favorite part of the show is this is your simply session (laughs) i love it i love it well dude glad to have you on for the friday uh let's rotate down nat can you give yourself a little intro let people know who you are yeah ben thanks so much for having me and nice to see you nico and kevin um i'm the host of the coin stories podcast and a new show called hard money which is going to give cnbc a run for its money um and yeah I, i'm i'm super grateful to be back on the show awesome well thanks for being here and uh uh you guys are both returning guests but kevin you're a first timer uh so for those that are watching the show that are maybe unfamiliar with them uh with you uh let them know who you are and what you do well, thanks for having me on the show. Excited to be here. Uh, primarily an investor. Uh, I've been helping out early stage lightning startups uh, grow and uh, content creators. Well, I have a podcast called The Kevin Rook Show. Awesome, man. Well, uh, I'm, I'm happy to have you on. I've been watching some of your stuff. Really enjoy it. So uh, this should be good. Um, well, let's let's dive into it. For those that are watching that are unfamiliar, maybe you're new here, you're not sure what the show is all about. The show is called Why Are We Bullish? And the function of it is basically each one of us, we've got uh, the three R's that we're going to go by. Somebody's going to drop a reason why they're bullish. It can be really anything that you want. Um, then all together, we're going to riff on that reason. And then we're going to rotate until each one of us gets a turn. Really, really simple. Um, and I'm going to kick us off today. So uh, my reason for being bullish has to do around some of the, though getting too deep into it, uh, some of the rumblings around uh, certain altcoins out there um, and the question of decentralization and censorship resistance and, and how um, some, you know, a, a lot of other coins have opted to go a route that in order to achieve certain features early on, uh, they make massive trade-offs in other areas. Um, and one of them can sometimes be the ability of anybody to run a node, which consists of an, uh, a full copy of every transaction that has ever existed, as well as the rules that govern the network. Um, but Bitcoin and Bitcoiners have been very, very mindful of trying to keep it so that anybody who chooses to do so can do it with relative ease. You can download Bitcoin Core, you can run a a plug and play box, you can do it a lot of different ways. So the reason I'm bullish this week is in in the midst of all of this uncertainty around censorship resistance in in other areas, um, and a a history of blockchain bloat uh, in other places, and the difficulty and uncertainty around even just auditing the supply of certain coins, 
um, it's still relatively easy for an individual to run a Bitcoin node. And so I'm just going to, I'm going to pull up um, my screen here because I, I just want to talk about a few ways that people can do this right now. Um, so of course, the, one of the easiest and cheapest ways to do it is just download Bitcoin core on your computer. So you can just download this for free on a laptop, on a home computer, wherever you want, and it will download the entire history of, of Bitcoin. You can prune it so it doesn't take up all of the space on your computer. You can make it so maybe it only takes up uh, uh, a couple gigabytes um, and then the rest is kind of validated and then discarded afterwards. But it can run relatively simply on a regular computer and then you can link it up to any other desktop wallet you may have. So a good example is Spectre. It actually requires you to have Bitcoin Core or some other node to reference. Um, or Sparrow Wallet is another great one for desktop that both of these can just automatically detect if you have Bitcoin Core downloaded on your system and then refer to it as its beacon of truth, um, as its rule set. Um, and I guess before I get too deep into some of the other options here, this is important because it allows you to have a say in what you say is Bitcoin. So if you're running a Bitcoin wallet on your phone, say, and you're not connecting it to your own node, um, you are then trusting somebody else to run a Bitcoin node for you and feed you that information. And, and hopefully they're giving you truthful information. Um, but there's always that possibility that maybe that's not the case. They also would get to dictate what Bitcoin is. And we saw this kind of uh, manifest in 2017 when the 50 largest companies in the space, 80% of the hash rate all said that Bitcoin is going to change. It's now going to be this protocol. And all these other developers that have been contributing to Bitcoin Core, we're going to dump them. We've got a guy. <laughs> and uh, this is the new guy. And maybe we'll get some others. Um, but this will now be Bitcoin. Um, and one of the things that helped prevent that from coming to fruition was the ability of people to run their own nodes and, and basically say, nah, not for me. I'm not... Not with my economic power, am I going to let that happen? Um, there were other factors there as well, but it, it is an important thing. You get to decide what Bitcoin is. Now, other options for, for running a node. Um, I know some people uh, dislike certain aspects of the free and open source, um, basically the, the rights in and around Umbral. Um, the code is still open. You can still audit it. You can still fork it, but you cannot um, profit from creating a fork of Umbral. So, uh, but nonetheless, I've got to say that Umbral is probably one of the easiest user interfaces. So if it's a question of you running a node or not, and the main thing is UI for you, that will is the, the deciding factor. Umbral is incredibly intuitive once you get down to it. It's super awesome. Um, if you're looking to get into running a node, um, this might be a good first step for you. Um, I've also done videos on my node. Uh, again, the it's pretty much plug and play. You can buy it pre-built or you can build it yourself from, from a Raspberry Pi and or some other options that you can pick up on Amazon. Um, there's the Noddle. It's just, you can just 
plug and play, buy the whole thing and, and be running right out the gate. Um, I'm also currently running a Ronin Dojo that's on my shelf behind me. Um, and this one can be a back end for uh, privacy tools like uh, running uh, Samurai Whirlpool as well. Um, so I found that one to be super useful. Uh, I am currently syncing my Raspberry Blitz for the first time. I'm going to be playing with that. I'm, gonna, I'm just, it's all going to be nodes behind me here pretty soon. Um, but this will be node number three, I guess technically four going up because I don't have a, a my node running right now, but I'm about, you know, 39% of the way through syncing with that one. Very excited to play with that. And then on the docket for me, uh, I've also got start nine that I'm going to be playing around with. I've got my uh, crypto cloaks stuff here ready to assemble once I get finished uh, with Raspberry Blitz. So I just I want to try out all these different things. And I, I wanted to highlight how many options there are out there for people like this is crazy to me that there's so many great options for people that want to just run notes from like totally free and just like on your existing laptop to plug and play options that you can build yourself or buy pre-built um, to ones like start nine where yes, you're, you're paying a, a license fee for uh, to purchase the software, but um, you're getting uh, some very refined and, and well thought out software in the process. And then, if you opt to, if you're a digital nomad, but you still think it's important to be running your own node while on the go, you also have options like Voltage, where, um, you know, I don't think that every single person person should have a remote uh, node run by somebody else, but it's super useful if you want to be putting up like a BTC pay server and be able to receive uh, payments without having to trust really anybody else and have an intermediary. Um, stuff like this is just so, so important to have access to. Uh, so I guess in, in conclusion, I love that Bitcoin has focused on keeping the base layer accessible in a way that anybody can, can run and validate um, a full node. Um, and I think it's important that we have not compromised on that while still being able to build a top in layers and get the benefits that other chains were too impatient to wait for. Um, so I'll leave it there and I'm going to open it up to you guys. Uh, I'm going to start with a question um, and anybody can jump in first. Uh, one would be depending on what you're doing, are you running a node and which one? And if you're not running a node, uh, what has been the biggest roadblock and where do you think you might start? So whoever wants to dive in first. Absolutely, man. But I might be a little bit biased here. I'm running a noddle because they sponsor us. Um, I also built my own. Uh, my node is great. Uh, my node is great. Start nine is good, but it's a little bit different. Umbral is a great free option as well. The UI on Umbral is, is fantastic. All great, great options, man. And I, just to kind of add to what you were saying, Ben, the resource requirements in Bitcoin are low enough where it's inclusive, right? And if you compare that with something like, you know, our favorite shitcoin, Ethereum, because the resource um, requirements are so high, you have a centralization of servers, right? Because that just makes it easier for everybody to run. 
and you find yourself in the predicament that the Ethereum community has found itself over the last two weeks, where they're coming to terms with the fact that Ethereum is run by Jeff Bezos and controlled by the U.S. government, right? And just seeing the cognitive dissonance is beautiful, man. And I think the last time I checked the Ether node thing, it was like 60% of Ethereum nodes are run on servers. 50% of that is AWS, Oracle, Google. You know, if you compare that to Bitcoin, and this is why the fork wars are so important, right? Cost what, $300? If you want a fancy node, could cost up to 1000 But it's low enough that anybody could just join. And if you really don't want to get a dedicated computing device to run the Bitcoin software, you could just run it on your computer. I don't recommend that, but you could do it if you really want to. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really what what makes Bitcoin special, that we put decentralization above all. And if you want to separate money from state, it needs to be decentralized, because if it's not, it will inevitably be captured by governments like what we're seeing with Ethereum over the last two weeks. Nice, man. I'll, uh, I, I agree with everything you're saying. I, I, I think that a lot of people were maybe hoodwinked into thinking that um having running a node uh, be accessible was an unnecessary thing to strive for. Um, I mean, you, we saw tweets from Vitalik early on saying, uh, I, just on this show the other day, you quoted him um, talking about, uh, or, or sorry, I was, I was chatting with somebody the other day um, and they, they brought up an old quote from a tweet saying it was a, it was, it was a weird uh, mountain man uh, fantasy for everybody to be running their own, node or something like that so I, i'm i'm mincing words here but um when when you have a, a, a still public founder of a coin basically saying yeah you don't need to run a node and then you see uh the the fruits of that coming to manifest now um it, it should kind of send a signal as to why that was important in the first place but nonetheless uh I, i'm gonna maybe ask nat here are you, are you currently running a node? Have you played with running a node? So the only one that I've played with is Bitcoin Core. And mm. you inspire me. This is why I've, I've mentioned you on other shows because I, don't, I, I want to upgrade and I want to run a more sophisticated node. But it's one of those, what you asked, you know, what's holding you back. It's more just like a time thing. I want to mm. sit down and make a conscious uh, decision. And um, I would like to set up a Raspberry. So that's on my to-do list. And I think your videos are fantastic. And I'm very bullish on you for, for creating these resources for folks. So... Um, but, you know, to both your and Nico's point, I mean, this is the crux of Bitcoin, the decentralization, which provides the security. This is why it's, you know, people want to rip on it and say that it's slow and you can't do anything with it. Well, the point of it is to be slow so that it's secure forever. Um, and I won't touch on it too much, but, you know, the why I'm bullish is the article that I, I'm going to show later from Jeff Booth. Decentralization and security and scalability are why Bitcoin is the best blockchain out there and why so many of these other projects will very quickly uh, go to zero and fail um, because you need the decentralization in order to, to make it real money and make it have value. Um, and it makes me think of Sapanin's tweet a couple days ago, Bitcoin's the most conservative technology ever invented. And, and it really is that. And there's a purpose behind it. So I know that everyone gets excited about these bells and whistles and different projects built on other 
on other cryptocurrencies, but you know, long-term, how are you going to make sure that they're secure? How are you going to make sure that they're not too expensive? Um, and a lot of these issues will be, uh, you know, for when, and I think that Bitcoin will be the one that survives. Um, so yeah, I'm very inspired by, by all the, all the work that you do to, to show the different nodes that can be set up. And I definitely need to upgrade mine. I, I, well, I'm excited for, for you to dive down that rabbit hole. Let me know when you do. Um, and I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll hopefully point you in the right direction, but, uh, I would encourage you to dive down that rabbit hole sooner rather than later. It's actually not, it's actually not all that difficult. You just need, you know, if you're going to build it, just a list of a few things to pick up on Amazon, they show up. It's literally like snapping together. Plug a few parts. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty, pretty intuitive. Um, and, and then you just plug it in and you, you let it sync for a, a couple of days and then you just go through your browser and you can start poking around. It's, it's great. So yeah. Um, Kevin, what about you, man? What, where are you at with nodes? What's your experience thoughts? So I, I got, I started running a node, uh, for the purpose of playing around with lightning and this was through Umbral. And so I actually had set out, I remember it was about this time last year, maybe a little earlier, I set out and I said, I'm going to commit to a weekend here. I'm just going to sit down, get all these pieces together and figure it out over the course of a weekend. Of course, I was done. I was done in like 12 minutes and it was just like set up and ready to go. And uh, Ben, I think I had seen some of your videos on uh, setting up on Umbral and, and just learning how to use Lightning. It was a fun project, but, uh, you know, I had given myself two full days to figure out how it worked. And, and it, it was quite a bit easier than I thought it would be. Um, but I still feel like there's, there's a lot of room for improvement here. Um, I don't, I don't think we're going to get to a point where we have a billion people setting up raspberry Pis, even if it does take 10 minutes, it's, yeah. it's a concept that is not super familiar to anyone who's not technical. Um, I think that we're making efforts towards like, uh, simplifying this process. Um, there are, there are lightning nodes, you, you know, you, you got breeze and things like that, where you can run these light nodes on your phone. Um, you got remote nodes and things. I, I know we're going to, we're trending in that direction where we can make it easier for people to onboard. Um, but I think we've got a lot of work to do. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we're still at the point of, I don't know what the correct number of, uh, Bitcoin nodes is today. There's a reachable Bitcoin node number that, um, bit nodes puts out and they're, mm -hmm. There are about 14,000, but I've seen various figures. I, I imagine like the, the total number of people who have nodes or have once had nodes is probably still under 100,000. It's definitely mm -hmm. under a million. Um, yeah. And so we've got a long way to go if we're, if we're trying to get to the point where uh, everyone's running a node. Yeah, I, I, I would totally agree with you there. And I, and I don't think it's necessary that everyone runs a node but I do think it's necessary that it remains accessible for those that choose to. So in the instance of 2017, when it became apparent that that was an important thing, um, you know, back then, more or less, everything that I discussed here didn't exist. Um, yeah. Other than Bitcoin Core itself. Um, connecting external wallets to it was, like, was a veritable nightmare. I had no idea how to do it. Now it's 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 so much easier um but yeah you're you're right like not not everybody's gonna do this not everybody's gonna go down this road um what i would say in regards to this um and and yes you're absolutely right there's much more room for improvement um i i, 
I'm going to go on a tangent here, but I see a lot of people they'll, they'll sometimes shit on Umbral and, and be like, Oh, it's, it's so easy because there's trade-offs made and everything. Well, if you want people using your implementation, then that's the bar that's been set. Umbral came into a space where not a lot of people made note or ran their own nodes. And now it's become a more common thing amongst Bitcoiners to be like, oh yeah, I'm running a node, I'm running an Umbral. Um, and that's because it's not scary to do it with Umbral. It's, it's sleek looking, it's familiar looking. There's an app store where you can get different applications. It's, it's a familiar setting and it doesn't, like you're not on, in terminal typing out commands. Um, and so that's kind of the bar, that's the threshold that we've learned you have to reach to get some degree of adoption. So rather than bitching about, oh, well, there's trade-offs that have been, well, well, fuck you, make it better. <laughs> like make, make it beautiful so that people want to use yours. There's your goal. There's your goalposts. Um, and, I, and I think that's a positive thing. And I can't wait, like you said, to see that progress be made. Um, I, I, I hope to see it continue. But I mean, the amount of stuff that I just rattled off there again, didn't exist five years ago. That's, that's insane. Um, yeah. So I, I'll, I'll, do you have any further thoughts or does anybody have any uh, further thoughts on the node thing? I 100% agree that the, the rate of innovation is, is picking up really quickly, which is nice to see all across Bitcoin. It seems like there's more people building on Bitcoin today than any other point that I've, uh, I, I've been around in the space. I've been here since 2017 and, uh, haven't haven't had a moment like this where I feel like there's so much activity happening on Bitcoin. Um, yeah, I'm I'm just really excited about that. Yeah, absolutely. Anybody else? Any final thoughts, or should we give it a rotation? Yeah, I think um, I think the the Bitcoin node is the foot in the door for peer to peer computing. I think that what we're going to see over the next decade is, and we already have a dedicated device that's not a Bitcoin node. Everyone has a dedicated device that just sits in their house. It's called a router. It's inevitable that I think we're going to see a merger between routers and Bitcoin nodes. It's going to be there. You're not even going to know, right? And then that's going to have your dedicated email server, dedicated pictures. And instead of relying on how the whole internet works today, right, which is what not what we are not promised, right? So if you stream a YouTube video, you stream some pictures, it goes from you to the server back to you. Or let's say I'm sending a message to you, Kevin, right? I have to send it to, let's say the signal servers, it goes to the signal servers, it goes to you. Why can't it be peer-to-peer? -peer? And I believe that the Bitcoin node is the foot in the door for the future of peer-to-peer -peer computing. But we'll, it's we'll interesting because you see some of these implementations going that route, right? Like Umbral went from we're a Bitcoin node to we're like a decentralized, you know, your personal server and you can link. So now you, you don't even have to run Bitcoin on it if you don't want, but you can host other other things right like you can host a vpn service you can host um file you know, file storage uh to to interact with it remotely and you see that coming out of start nine you see those types of things being thrown into a lot of these implementations here which is that's interesting um yeah they all, they all know it and it's a race to the top they all know it <laughs> i love it yeah this is great awesome all right well guys uh i think We'll do a little rotation here. Um, I, I will uh, finish up by saying, if you're watching this, if you're not currently running a node and you're thinking, well, I've got to learn all this stuff before I run a node, you do not. The node itself is the learning tool. 
all you need to do is take that first step and grab the parts or just buy the pre-assembled box from any of those things that I mentioned. And once you have the parts and you snap them together, again, you, I've got tons of videos on how to do that. Um, or again, the thing shows up at your house, you plug it in and you just go on your browser and you're off to the races. So uh, the tool for learning is the node itself. Once it's up and running, you can start to say, all right, what's the first thing I can do with this? I can connect a wallet to it. Great, how do I do that? Step one, and then you're, you just keep going from there. So um, awesome. With that, let's do a little rotation. Quick shout out to everybody in the chat. Uh, thank God Yellow's here. Um, <laughs> I, I, I always uh, wanna make sure that he's here every week. Uh, but yeah, we can relax now. Thank you, Yellow. I'm glad you came in the door. Um, we're gonna rotate. Nico, you're up next. Uh, what has you bullish this week? What are you excited about? Yeah, man. Uh, what has me bullish in general? I think that to be bullish, you kind of have to look past what has happened in the last three years of Bitcoin. Um, if you've been in Bitcoin for quite a while, you you always thought that these things were inevitable. But you know, through just study or believing in the game theory, but what we've witnessed is absolutely mind blowing, right? We've had two countries making it Bitcoin legal tender: Central African Republic, El Salvador, and then Panama kind of but counts i guess in my book then you have the absolute you know the 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 move by michael saylor right the first time uh, a public company is using bitcoin as an alternative to fiat as an alternative to cash right he's really groundbreaking there everyone's mocking him right now but in three years he's going to absolutely he's going to look like an absolute stud genius right so you have the move by michael saylor the move by tesla that kind of pulled back and then, of course, Fidelity offering Bitcoin 401k. What the F? And then what we covered this week, Banner, it was last week, right? You had BlackRock. BlackRock has $9.5 trillion under assets. It's very obvious that the herd is coming, that the herd probably is already here, right? So that's what really has me bullish. Look, the last time Bitcoin was at this price, none of those things were true. None of those things were true. And now they are true, which means that us, we have a 70, 60 to 70% discount from where we were a while ago. And look at all the things that happened. Not to mention the fact that the amount of addresses that are holding 0.01 continues to go parabolic. The, the amount of plebs that are stacking continues to, uh, to go parabolic. The amount of addresses that 0.1, that's the same. The amount of addresses that have one Bitcoin continues to go through the roof right lightning network capacity also doing really well ben i know you love that because you like making tutorials i don't think we could have ever imagined back in 2017 right when we were shaking in our boots during the fork wars like holy crap the bitcoin cash hash rate just surpassed bitcoins what's going to happen here that the lightning network was going to go to as far as it's gone like this is absolutely unbelievable man and i think that this is just the beginning. I can't even imagine where Bitcoin's going to be in five years. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how else to say I'm, I'm bullish, but that's why I'm bullish. I love that. Um, it's, it's interesting because, you know, you have all these exciting things going on. You have, I would say, pretty smart people starting to understand and recognize like what this is good for. And, and they're able to 
um, ignore the short-term price action. Uh, and then you have like a whole subset of people that are still trading this thing like it's a tech stock, right? And this is like the benefit that we get to live through of how many people don't understand what this is um, and are, you know, oh, it's down, I'm gonna, I'll dump it. And and the the people that are like, this is very important are, are trying to scoop it up. Um, and, and so, I mean, bear markets are a blessing for those that understand um, and that have forged good habits, um, like spending less than you earn and actually saving and then, you know, saving in, in a money that's not going to uh, be debased over time. Um, so those that have been around the block that have learned that have set forth uh, those habits into into reality, um, they're going to benefit from the lack of understanding from everybody else. So I don't know, I'll open it up to uh, to Kevin or Nat. Um, do you want to tag into what Nico said? I think you made a great point there about, uh, you know, this is not a tech stock. And eventually people are going to recognize this. These correlations have been pretty tight for the last six or nine months. But it's like clear to anyone who's taken the time to study Bitcoin, to learn about what it is. It's like it's not a tech stock. And, and when you see Bitcoin come down 60, 70 percent, you've still got millions of people all over the world who are buying up as much as they can, who believe in this system and understand the properties that make it useful. When, when you have a tech stock come down 70 percent, it's, it's just like a, a ghost town, you know, oftentimes like it, there's not that same level of participation. I think there was a, one of the hedge fund managers, maybe Paul Tudor Jones or Bill Miller was, was talking about how in that, in that 2018 crash, uh, like, you know, most of the people who had, had bought in had never sold and that it was, he viewed it as a religion almost. And I mean, you know, for better or for worse, whether we want to use that term or not, it's like, I think that is, uh, you know, one reason why Bitcoin has this strength in in a bear market. It has a a floor to it because because there are millions of people around the world who have kind of uh, committed to this and recognized this is the way money should work, and um, you know are they're using that as as their reason to continue to buy, and eventually that that turns the price upwards. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Matt, how about you? Anything to tag in here? Yeah. I mean, I really want to add sort of the media perspective because I learned about Bitcoin back in 2017 when I feel like it first hit sort of mainstream awareness a little bit more because people saw that run up to 20,000 and, you know, Cyprus around that time was in the news. Um, and I remember pitching a story on Bitcoin at the station I worked at at the time. I was working in the California state capitol and I got so much pushback and I ended up doing a story on like a Bitcoin ATM, but my producers and everyone around me thought that I was, you know, potentially sharing something that, that if people invested, they could lose their life savings. And they, and they really were, were wary about me covering Bitcoin. Fast forward, it's been five years. Now we have it on a, like a ticker on all of the you know, big channels for financial markets. It's on CNBC. I'm going on Fox Business now talking about it, but I really had to do the homework on my own because unfortunately within media, even the folks 
that work in finance media, there's such a lack of financial literacy. It's, you know, mm -hmm. our, and it's, it's not the fault of necessarily any of the people that are working the, the production or the anchoring or the reporting jobs, but truly our education system, right? There's a mm -hmm. lack of financial literacy that teaches anything except for inflationary Keynesian policies. And, uh, and so people aren't even aware that, Hey, there's this, there's this other deflationary um, economic theory. There's, there's, you know, Austrian economics and, and capitalism needs to maybe be re rethought. Uh, and so it just, it's really interesting to see how it's being covered now and how early we still are because five years later, I'm still, now I'm one of the only, I feel like media people who is out there really saying that this can solve a lot of the problems and saying there's um, there's clearly an issue with the current system and we shouldn't just be talking about equities and real estate. We should be moving people toward hard money based on technology. Uh, so it's I think it's really interesting that now we have these CEOs, you know, the Michael Saylors who are willing to leave their posts and focus on Bitcoin full time, including Jack Dorsey. Um, and we have the Black, Black Rocks changing positions saying, oh, we're going to actually take this seriously. Some of the big, big financial names that once said it was ridiculous and the stupidest investment. Now they're actually saying that Bitcoin should be a part of everybody's portfolio. You know, I can't imagine what's going to happen in the next five years. Mm. Um, and I, I will say I, I was surprised that Bitcoin went under its 200 day moving average and went as low as 17,000. And I'm hoping that that was the, the bottom. Um, but at the same time, we've also never been in this macro environment of this much debt and this much money being printed in response to the pandemic. And I think that there's never been a better use you know, value proposition since the pandemic. I think that's what woke up a lot of people like the sailors and like some of these big company leaders who said, we can't keep, you know, we can't keep investing the way that we were before. And we have to think about our cash flows and our reserves and put it into something that's truly scarce. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I just, the transformation that we're witnessing in real time is amazing. I think we need to get more education out there, especially to folks in media and in politics who are, who have such a platform to share information and also make regulatory decisions. And um, I just hope that people get educated. And that's what we're here for. So yeah, I, I <laughs> it's funny that you say the 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 lack of financial education um, that that people come out of school with I, I remember, I was, uh, it must have been last summer, but I remember I, I was going to the gym, and there was a girl that works at the front counter, and she was taking economics in school. And I was like, Oh, yeah, I, I, uh, I work in and around Bitcoin. And, um, and then we kind of got into a conversation and I said something, um, I, I said something to the tune of, you know, a, a deflationary currency would not be inherently bad. And she called me a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> and she's, she's taking economics. So if you, if you know that, like, the, the, if that's any indication of like the quality of education that you're getting, even as you're specializing in economics, um, when somebody says that a deflationary currency would not, or a, a disinflationary currency would not be the end of the world. And you get called a conspiracy theorist. It, like you can imagine the types of things that are being banged into people's heads and they're paying a ton of money for um, is, is hilarious. So yeah, it's um, I, I think there are pockets of people that are, are understanding it and we're going into a period of time where there's going to be a lot of confusion. A lot of people are going to be very mad. There's going to be a lot of blame thrown around, 
But at the end of the day, people are going to go to whatever thing insulates them best from it. And it's going to be maybe hard for some people to see what that is. Uh, I imagine we'll have a period of time kind of like where the chart of gold in the Weimar Republic, where it's just like up and down like crazy. Um, but hopefully more and more people will kind of key into the signal there and, um, and, and see the writing on the wall. But uh, yeah. Any, any final thoughts on, uh, on this to the topic at hand that anybody wants to jump in here? I think we're all good. Awesome. All right. Well, we're going to do a rotation. Um, we're going, and actually, I'm, I, I want to bring up somebody in the chat here. I'm bearish because I want to sell my truck and buy Bitcoin at 10.5K. <laughs> I'm crossing my fingers for you, Robert. Let's hope you, get, you can stack those sats. Um, but we're going to do a rotation down. Nat, you are up. Um, I'm, maybe I'll pull up the, uh, the article that you had in mind here. Let me yeah. just get it over. Uh, but I love that you chose this because Jeff is an absolute legend. By the way, before we get into your reason for being bullish, uh, you got to swing by his cabin, uh, like a week after I did, yeah. um, just outside Vancouver. How was it? Uh, amazing. Uh, Jeff's family and friends are incredible. They have like this little community they've taken over in Canada and Jeff is the most athletic human being I think I've ever met in my life. Like you, you would never know just from, you know, seeing how serious he is and like intelligent in his, his, in his, uh, in his interviews, this guy like rock climbs and wake surfs and does like all the things. It's just incredible. Yeah. He's so outdoorsy. So, um, yeah, I had a great time. I wake surf like you. <laughs> I, I was, I was impressed when they were like, Oh yeah, we'll go. I was there with my wife and my kids and they took us out on the boat and then um they're like yeah we'll 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 try some wake surfing i've never gone wake surfing uh i tried wakeboarding once ever um i've been snowboarding like twice so i wasn't super confident that i was going to be able to do it uh then jeff got out there and he was you know kicking ass then his wife jumps up there yeah. he was kicking ass i was like well i gotta give it a try so i ended up getting up i ended up being able to i, I still held on to the rope um but i was doing all right and then my wife got up there and just like blew me out of the water she was like through the rope and was just like surfing no no assistance whatsoever <laughs> i was like oh come on <laughs> so so i got thoroughly uh embarrassed there but uh but she did awesome um but we both got up so i was i was stoked about that and what a great place and uh again his family was was so fantastic so yeah, I know. Incredible. Shout out to Kelly, uh, his wife. She is an incredible chef and she's yes. awesome. She wake surfs and does all the things and their kids are awesome too. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They were, they were all so gracious to have us there, but, uh, let's get to your reason for being bullish. Um, you, you, I, I pulled it up for you, but I'll, I'll let you chat about this. Yeah, so I can't imagine a better time for this article, and I really, really recommend that everyone check it out. Jeff Booth wrote this amazing article called Finding Signal in a Noisy World, and it really just talks about why Bitcoin, not crypto, it re really reinforces the fact that that Bitcoin is completely incomparable and to be really careful when you're examining these other projects. And for me, 
he sets up something in the article that I think is really the best argument for why Bitcoin is the best form of money that has ever existed. And he creates this um, this triangle, which is not a uh, it's it's the, the the features, the three best features really of Bitcoin, but it creates a trilemma for some of the other cryptocurrencies out there. And that triangle, if you scroll down, is the decentralization, the security and the scalability. And so uh, he really just goes into detail with how what what money is and how Bitcoin really is able to achieve all three of those really, really, really important features. And then he talks about Web3, DeFi, other cryptocurrencies and, and poses questions really for the reader to answer. Because I think that blockchain has become this word that everyone wants to throw around. It's a buzzword, right? Every company wants to, wants to get onto the blockchain trend. Um, but is it really necessary for certain companies or certain projects to have a blockchain? Blockchain, or would it make more sense to have a database, right? Is it economically feasible? Um, can you scale it or do you end up sacrificing security? I mean, he talks about, you know, how important the energy component, the fact that Bitcoin mining is secured by energy, how that keeps it both secure and decentralized. Um, and so I just think that everyone should really read this article. The more that the conversations are now happening, especially with regards to the Ethereum merger and some of, you know, there are people out there right now saying, after this merger, Ethereum is money. And so I think this article is excellent. And there's four questions that I want to bring up from the article, and I'll read them out loud. This is part of the the what, what Jeff wrote, and so maybe you guys can, can share your thoughts on it too. But he poses the question, how could decentralized finance occur on a centrally controlled blockchain? Because again, he argues that many of these will end up becoming centralized due to economic factors and, and scalability factors. How would Web3's promise be any different than today's monopoly power in technology if it was built on a base layer that was more costly and controlled by very few? What is the long-term value of a digital copy, NFT, of something connected to a blockchain that fails? And finally, if a lower cost through layer two and three and decentralized alternative existed that enabled gaming and virtual reality companies to control their own destiny rather than risk their future on a centrally controlled blockchain, what would these entrepreneurs choose? Wouldn't it be more likely that this new protocol, instead of a centrally controlled one, form the foundation of the metaverse? And so arguably, maybe a lot of these things that people are very excited about could be built on Bitcoin eventually. Um, so I'm really bullish because of that. I think, again, it's a really important time for this article with some of the discussions happening. And I think that people are just feeling like a little bit, I don't know, nerve endings seem a little bit raw lately in this bear market. People are, are more... Um, apt to, to, to debate and get a little heated right now. So uh, I think it's a good time for people to find signal through the noise. Uh, awesome. Well, I've, I've, I've been replying first, so I'm going to uh, leave it up to maybe Kevin or Nico if you want to jump in first here after Natalie's topic. Go ahead, Nico. Yeah, look, um, I think you, you hit the nail on the head, Natalie, when, when you were saying your bit. Um, and I think Jeff is, is absolutely right. Um, all other cryptos, the fundamental problem is that they never separated the monetary policy out of the hands of human beings, right? If you look at Bitcoin, it's rules without rulers. And look, Ethereum, XRP, the fact is that if there's enough political pressure, you could change the rules, right? With Bitcoin, can't do that. You'd have to convince people is why it's so important to run your own node. You have to convince the people that are running their nodes to download that new software 
that has inflation <laughs> or that download that new software that is OFAC compliant, right? And good luck, right? And these cryptos have, have not figured that out. At the end of the day, every cryptocurrency that was invest that was in, that was invented after bitcoin it didn't have a virgin birth the founders knew from the very beginning that they could make money off of it bitcoin was discovered it wasn't invented it was discovered as an experiment and then it was given value over time right so yeah um in this world of darkness right in this world of mayhem in this world of chaos bitcoin gives me hope for a better future. Uh, and BK, his handle is just so perfect, right? Deterministic optimism. And that's why I think Sailor bought the domain hope.com because that's what this is. Bitcoin is hope. And the cryptos, they, pr they provide a false sense of hope. Once you look under the hood, you'll realize that it's just a continuation of the system that we've had for years and years and years and years. There's a group of elite that get to decide the monetary policy and everyone rides along. Bitcoin is fundamentally different. Sailor, even though he has a lot more purchasing power than I do and he has 100,000 Bitcoins, he has no more influence over the Bitcoin network over me. He can't hold that over my head. And every other crypto, whether it's Ethereum, Solana, XRP, BSV, Bitcoin Cash, they could be fundamentally altered and the little guy has to pay the consequences. Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, that was an awesome article. Thanks for sharing, Natalie. Yeah, Kevin, how about you? Yeah, I, I agree exactly with what you're saying, Nico. Um, I think specifically on the, um, the scalability point, I think we're now starting to learn that uh, as the, the Lightning Network has grown in the last year or so, it's kind of come into the into the uh, focal point for for Bitcoiners, we're starting to realize we have this system that is that is far more performant and more scalable than any of the other blockchain-based systems. Um, and it was built it was built the right way. It was built you know we took the high road on it and we we built it right from from the ground up. And um, the, there's no uh, we don't know what the limits are of the system. Like it it is so much better than using any other blockchain for for transmitting value. Um, and uh, that, that's something that, you know, I'm, I'm incredibly bullish about that. that. There's, you know, this system now that we have focused on for half a decade building, and it's now coming into, you know, it's coming into the point where people can use it to send any amount of money back and forth. Uh, and you, could, you look back at a lot of the other coins in the space and you say like, there's just no way they can compete now. Like it's not, it's not even close. It's like, you, you can't beat instant and you can't beat fees that scale down to zero. Uh, it, it just, it's, it's game over as far as I'm concerned for, for transmitting money. It's, it's so interesting how, um, again, the, a, a lot of the, the altcoin um, ethos was in and around, well, Bitcoin exists. So what can we do that Bitcoin can't? And, and yeah, there's going to be massive trade-offs in achieving that, but whatever. We're, we're different. We're doing something different. But now you're starting to see all of those trade-offs that they made. It, it's it's all for naught because those things are coming to Bitcoin. You know, in, in 2017, then the number one thing that I would hear from people was transactions per second, transactions per second. How many TPS does it do? 
And, you know, they're like, oh, that's that's why why Litecoin is like the silver to Bitcoin's gold. It has more transactions per second. Um, and, you know, it had, oh, it's ASIC resistant. Well, I mean, one, that failed. Two, the transactions per second are irrelevant with, with the advent of Lightning. Bitcoin Cash, irrelevant. Everything that boasted about transactions per second, like you said, how do you beat instant and and like as cheap as you can possibly get? Um, so, I mean, there's that aspect of it. And, and I think that we're going to see this time and again. Whatever is top of mind is going to be the next thing that all the developers are working to, to create on top of Bitcoin. You see things like Tarot popping up uh, for Lightning. Um, now, that's a, totally aside the point whether or not those tokenized things on Lightning itself will be useful. If it is useful, people will use it. If not, they won't. But nonetheless, it's now becoming possible. Um, privacy is a big one. Um, that's been top of mind lately, especially in the news lately. Um, and, you know, the swarm is coming for the easy centralized ones that they can clump, clamp down upon. But it's coming for Bitcoin, too. Uh, but we're in such a good place in and around privacy, a starting block uh, comparatively from what we were for scaling 2017, early 2017, we had nothing. We had nothing on chain. We had no layers. Five years later, I'm getting fractions of a penny per minute on the podcast as people stream it. That's amazing. Um, we're starting from a place where privacy is top of mind right now. And there's already so many tools. You've got uh, various coin join implementations. Uh, Lightning already has more uh, base layer or more default privacy um, uh, assurances than base layer. You have things like uh, state chains where you can swap ownership of Bitcoin with no indication that anything has occurred on chain. Um, you have side chains like Liquid Network where it shields uh, with confidential transaction, it shields the amount and even the asset dealt with. So there's all of these tools that are already available at the start of privacy being top of mind. Imagine five years out going from scaling with nothing five years later to millions of transactions, like only limited by your bandwidth to today, all these tools five years out, what's going to be possible on Bitcoin in terms of privacy. So I'm very, very excited to see where that goes. Um, any final thoughts? Uh, anything that anybody wanted to tag on here? Um, no, the last thing I think I'll mention is just beware of VCs, you know, like they have <laughs> to put their money somewhere and and it used to be in those dream tech companies for stocks. And now I think it's in the dream crypto companies where they can pile a bunch of money in and the earliest people make, make money in the pre-mines and then boom, they cash out and over a long enough time horizon, all of these fall by the wayside and Bitcoin lives on. So, yeah, yeah, I'd agree. And, and, um, you know, keep your eye to, uh, yeah, where, where that capital is being allocated, because sometimes if you raise too much money um, and it has to begin being allocated, uh, there's no, you know, it's still a small space. And so you, you, you may start spreading yourself thin and being forced to allocate it into into bullshit that doesn't make sense. Um, I'll leave that there. Uh, <laughs> so anyways, uh, Nat, great, uh, great mention. And again, everybody go and read. Uh, finding signal in a noisy world by Jeff Booth. Google it. You'll be able to find it really quick. Um, but with that, 
uh, let's rotate down. And uh, Kevin, you are up. Uh, what has you bullish? What are you excited about? Sure. So I'll start off with a little story and just a little background on uh, my experience with Lightning, because one of the things that I've noticed in the last couple of months is how the the payments happening on Lightning are not uh, these like simple one-to-one payments anymore. I, I started a podcast about a year ago uh, on Lightning, and I expected at the time this podcasting 2.0 idea, I expected it was going to be, I create content. If listeners like it, they can send stats to me. And it's just like a one-to-one payment, easy, done. Uh, and I'm like, great, can earn a bit of extra Bitcoin. Well, over the last few months, I've noticed there's a bunch of different apps in the Lightning ecosystem that are also allowing any, any creator to earn money. Uh, and they're all interconnected. And what I just looked at about, about a few weeks ago, I was looking at the, the podcast that I had started and I was looking at the payment flows. And there are hundreds of connected participants that are being paid or are paying with every single episode I create now. It's, it's a massive web of payments. It's like we have, we have show splits on Fountain. So a listener sends in sats, they automatically get distributed to guests or to the Human Rights Foundation, to Fountain, to the podcast index. Uh, I post a clip of the episode on Stacker News. You get tips from that. Um, you post a, a, if you post your lightning address, you get tips from Albi. Um, you get, uh, you know, you have a, I have a little boost button on my website. I get tips from MASH. Um, you have uh, calendar tools, LN Cal. People can now book time to chat with you. Uh, Vita, same idea. Um, and, and you can earn stats from that. And I'm starting to notice, I'm looking around, there's like, all these different streams of money flowing in and around this one piece of content. Um, and then on top of that, I, I'm not doing transcripts with stack work where hundreds of stack work workers from all around the world who I've never met are contributing tiny little pieces to a podcast audio clip and turning it into a polished written transcript and being paid sats for that. And, you know, it's just this big cycle of, of earning and spending. And, and it really, to me, is like the beginning of the circular economy, right? Like we've been talking about this, this moment and hoping that we get here in Bitcoin. And that's the most exciting thing to me on, on Lightning right now is the emergence of this circular economy where you can earn and spend. And, you know, if I could show you guys a graph of, of what I'm talking about here, you'd see just like all sorts of lines pointing between different participants. Um, again, like there's literally hundreds of people that are either sending or receiving funds every time a podcast is created. And, and that means, you know, that's, that's one little tiny piece of content. What happens if we can do this for Instagram? What happens if we can do it for Twitter? What happens if we can do it for Facebook and Google and every single app that we use today that involves a transfer of money? We can do it much easier and, and much more cost effectively on Lightning. Um, and so, I'm really excited about that. I think if you take a look at every single app on your phone, you open up your phone, look at the main screen and, and be honest about which apps on your phone involve the transfer of money, you'll find that most of them do. And if you then ask yourself, you know, which apps would benefit from instant transactions and, and lower transaction costs, you'd find that all of them would. Um, and so I just see this as like a huge open door 
and we've we've opened up this uh, new area of exploration. And um, this is an extension of the idea I was talking about earlier, where there's just a lot of people building on Bitcoin. And I think a lot of these ideas are being built out today. And you know, a couple of years from now, people are going to wake up and realize, whoa, you can you can earn money on this. You can you can send payments faster than ever. There's no borders. There's no time delays. It's just just incredible to watch. So so that's my kind of reason for being bullish. Uh, you know, I list out maybe I think there were eight different Lightning apps that I was using this week that I either earned or sent money through on Lightning, um, all tied to one one little piece of content. Um, so that's my reason for being bullish. That's amazing. See, I, I love all of this stuff where Lightning's being integrated and and people are you know the the value for value thing or just being able to monetize in in any sense. Um, even when it comes down to, I mean, we all go through a lot of different articles and, and it's always, oh, buy, buy a subscription. I mean, Nico, you do the news six days a week. And, and I know that you end up having to pay for subscriptions for um, a lot of mainstream news outlets. But like how much easier would it be to pay? Like most people just click away right they'll they'll get there it'll be like oh you got to pay for a monthly subscription to to whatever it is to the new york times or whatever and the uh i I can't even be bothered i'm just gonna i'm not gonna pay monthly i just want to read this one article well what if you could do a lightning transaction for that one piece of content and just have it prorated like that i would i would gladly pay just to have the one article that i want to read i will never purchase a monthly subscription to uh, any any pieces, I'm always searching for the. Oh well, do you have the archive link? I'll just use that. Like, but if it was, if I could just send like ten cents or something for to read a quick article, even if it was like fifty cents, I don't care. Like, sure, I'll do that, no problem. But uh, there's so much that it can be used for. I love that you're talking about the splits with um with podcast creators. I know some people have done splits where oh, uh, you know, this is going to uh, um whatever you know maybe there's um different people that are involved in a particular episode or maybe there's uh, a a charity that they've opted to send all the sats directly to i think that's super awesome um i just i wanted to show an example of so this is like my my lightning node here and these are like per minute people that are are listening to the pod so like this person set their threshold at 59 sats per I think he was off by 10. I think he meant a different number, but anyways. <laughs> um, so, but like you can just scroll like this. These are all people that are just like listening to the pod minute by minute and, and just a steady stream of sats from different individuals. And it just, you know, I can keep on fetching more, but you, you, you get the point. Um, other interesting ones, there's stacker news, um, basically Reddit style, oh, post an interesting thing, Bitcoin related. And then you can upvote things. Um, you know, here's uh, Dusty uh, did a, an AMA. So you can just upvote it and you send a sat. So this one has already learned tw- or earned 23,000 sats for this particular post. Um, and then you can even go into the comments and same thing. Oh, this is a great comment. And you, add, you, you send a sat to it. And so it based on how many sats something uh, gets it'll move up the rankings but it's actual skin in the game and it prevents um like spam uh in, in and around um content posts uh because there's a real cost to it um and then the other interesting thing in around that is is things like gaming and being rewarded sats for that so like thunder games 
um, is one of these where you can earn sats as you play different mobile games. Um, there's lots of examples of, of stuff like this, um, but I, I think it's all great. And, and again, to your point, this ecosystem is being built out and it's becoming so intricate where there's just this constant stream of value between individuals um, based on, on their preferences. And I think that's fantastic. So, yeah. Yeah. I want to jump in because I recently started to um, take advantage of this value for value thing using fountain app and someone, someone actually signed my podcast up for it. I didn't know about it. And now people can stream stats, but also clip portions of the interview that they liked and share it with each other, which I think is so, so, so amazing. And um, one thing that this makes me think of as well, not really in the, in like sending sats to podcasters or content creators, but really that idea of being more responsible for what you're, you're posting with the whole idea that Sailor has proposed, like attaching a, a lightning wallet to an account, say, so that you can't spam, you can't be a bot or you're, or it's going to rack up, right? There's going to be a financial penalty and a financial cost to doing something like that. And I think that if lightning can empower something, a system that's a little bit more, um, I don't know, that isn't so full of spam because I'm sure that you guys have have that experience as well mm -hmm. on, on your social media. But I think that there should be like a lightning wallet where you get like an orange check mark or whatever um, that prevents you from basically doing something malicious mm -hmm. unless you're willing to basically lose what, whatever's in your wallet. So I think that's an interesting concept. And just the idea of lightning in general also makes me bullish. So I'm glad, Kevin, you brought it up. Lynn Alden just released an amazing article about the lightning network. It's extremely, extremely long. So, you know, you might want to sit down, have like a coffee or something to eat while you're reading it. But, you know, this is really what's going to, I think, scale Bitcoin and, and take it into the hands of, of billions of people. Um, and I am super excited to see how that happens because, you know, if you went to the Bitcoin conference and you heard the type of announcements that people like Jack Mahler's are making of, you know, payments and, and getting like merchants really in on Bitcoin, we really do need to scale it. There need to be more lightning nodes. Like we're not ready for that mass adoption yet, but we will be soon. So um, I'm excited about lightning as well. Excited for value for value. Super super, super cool. So thanks for mentioning it. Awesome. Now, Nat, I know you're on a timeline here. Uh, yeah. I know you, you've got to run. Uh, but I wanted to first, before we jump to Nico for his thoughts on on uh, this topic, I want to say thank you very much for taking the time to come out. And uh, I imagine, will I be seeing you for Pacific Bitcoin maybe in November? That's right. That's right. And I'll also be at Bitcoin Amsterdam if any of you guys will be there. Ooh, I unfortunately can't make it because I've literally been out of town once or twice a month for the past six months and I'm I'm kind of dying. So, so, uh, so yeah, two months at home and is, is in the cards after I go to surf and Bitcoin on Tuesday. Oh, that's fun. Well, this has been super great. Thank you so much for having me. I love all of your work. So um, thanks and have a great weekend and keep stacking, guys. Awesome. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate <laughs> Bye. it. Um, I'm going to toss it to Nico. Nico, uh, I'm going to let you uh, weigh in on on the lightning build out. Um, what's your experience? What are you excited about? What, it, what do you have to say about what Kevin was bringing up? Yeah, first of all, like yellow in the chat is dangerous because he just makes me laugh the entire time. Uh, so like, oh, man, yellow. God damn it, man. I'm trying to be serious. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, Kevin hit the nail on the head, man. It, this is a game changer for all content creators. Natalie's a content creator. Kevin, you have an awesome podcast. You're a content creator. And of course, the legendary BTC session. We know 
how hard it is to monetize sometimes how it, and going through a third party and them just taking a cut is is extremely painful and just lightning enables this peer to peerness man that's that's really what I'm bullish about the whole value to value the fountain thing is just beginning right mm -hmm. and it has me so you see the comments from people and you know and they send you you know they send you a couple sats and you're just like like Nico I love this part they make a clip of it you're just like I didn't even know people liked me this much, you know, and it's it's so like you could tell what's on the horizon, but you can't quite make it out. Mm -hmm. And I, I think the the Kevin hit the nail on the head. It's like, why, you know, you, you post I don't really use Instagram, but let's say, you know, I used Instagram and it's it's Nico with his shirt off on the beach. And for some reason, someone liked it, you know, 10 Satoshis. Right. And what you said about the paywalls, man, like. Bloomberg, $34.99 a month. It's absolutely atrocious, but I need the goddamn subscription to do a good job Nico Jonesing, right? So, <laughs> like, it's like, why can't I just pay for each individual article a dollar? You know, like, that, that would just make everyone's life easier. Why do I have to pay for the entire thing, right? So, yeah, I think I think um, it's true, Greg. <laughs> freaking potato um but yeah it, it's you know no one likes me that much but i i don't know about you guys but i'd definitely pay 100 satoshis for a picture of btc sessions i don't know i i was i thought you were going a different direction i thought you were going to say that you know, a, a picture for a bag of potatoes um <laughs> I, I I posted the hottest picture of greg at bitcoin 2022 Oof. i caught him from across the room uh the the <laughs> He was, we were at a restaurant and he didn't know I was there. And I zoomed like uncomfortably close on the back of his balding head. And then I just tweeted that picture and tagged him in it with no context whatsoever. And then I sent it to all of the meme factory people for them to start retweeting it and waited for him to see his notifications blow up. Uh, so anyways, it, it was fantastic. So I, hey, I thanks love for being here. I love how everyone knew that it was him. Yeah, yeah, it was fantastic. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, Lightning infrastructure is amazing. Um, it's still so early and there's so much happening. Um, and I, I can't even I can't even keep up with it. Like I haven't played with the splits and stuff like that. I haven't played with like making clips and everything on Fountain. Um, I have not dove into like a lot of the gaming in and around, you know, earning and, and having sats and you know, native and games. There's so much to play around with. And uh, it's, it, it's pretty astounding. Like even just like the bolt card I've been playing around with, um, which is from coin corner and you can have like gift cards and tap it to your phone and redeem it and breeze or there's, there's so much, there's so, so much happening. Um, and, and I think we haven't seen anything yet. Yeah, I, I agree tip of the iceberg and this is going to flip the internet monetization models upside down um we're seeing a, a little bit of that with um fountain we mentioned uh they have, they have listen to earn now we've been working on that for a while and uh listen to earn is um uh basically flips the ad model on its head you know we don't we don't recognize how much value facebook and instagram are earning from us it's about a hundred dollars a year if you live in if you live in america Per user, Facebook's earning over $100 of revenue uh, per North American user. Mm -hmm. That money stops at Facebook. It goes from advertiser to Facebook and right in their bank account and, and it stops. Mm -hmm. But it's not Facebook that is creating the, uh, the value. Facebook built a platform 
but the users brought the value. Mm -hmm. the, the advertisers are really trying to get to the users. And now we have the tools for them to reach the users, specifically paying the users. Like this is the listen to earn ideas. Like what happens if the advertisers can take that money instead of funneling it to Facebook, route around Facebook and just hand it off to the users. Like, yeah. you know, this is going to flip upside down these, these trillion dollar businesses and it's going to set up a whole new, it's, it's too early to say exactly how it's going to play out, but it's going to be a, a wild few years determining how the new business models of this lightning enabled internet are going to work. Yeah. It's going to involve money. And I think a lot of people are going to get paid. Um, and it's going to start with earning like, like that, I think is the big theme for lightning on the internet is people are going to be earning money for the things that they already do. And they yeah. just never believed they were worth anything. But because we have this money, we can now split into any denomination, send as fast as we want without any fees. We can now reward them for the tiniest contributions or the biggest ones. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of the, my final thoughts on, uh, on lightning there and just kind of wrapping up the idea of, uh, you know, helping people earn Bitcoin, I think is going to be a really powerful idea. That's awesome. Well, yeah. If, if anybody watching, if you haven't, if you haven't even dabbled with lightning yet, Go download a wallet, try Breeze, try Phoenix, try Moon, M-U-U-N. Um, there's a lot of good options out there. And if you haven't tried streaming sats, Fountain is great. Breeze has a baked-in podcast app uh, in that wallet as well. Lots of uh, lots of other options out there. But um, start playing around. It's it's pretty amazing what's being done. Um, but with that, gentlemen, uh, I think we're, we're going to wind down here. We'll, uh, we'll just – I want to finish out – by giving uh, each of you a chance to have a quick, any final thoughts, anything you wanted to, to say uh, off the end of the show. And I'm going to challenge you each to give a recommendation of something to check out. Um, this could be anything. It could be a piece of content like a podcast or a book or a video or um, a, a magazine article or something, whatever it may be, or an app or uh, a piece of hardware or something that you have found valuable in and around your Bitcoin journey. Um, so I'll, I'll get started here. I think all of this kind of ties back to the initial, uh, the initial topic was keeping the base layer accessible for all, because a lot of this stuff would not be possible without, um, without the way that scaling has come about on Bitcoin. Um, keeping it possible for everybody to run a node if they see fit, um, keeping the sanctity of that base layer, setting a precedent that you don't make non-backwards compatible changes to it willy-nilly uh, so that you can be assured that those base layer promises are sound. And then you can build on top of that. And I'm so glad that the development process of Bitcoin has been one of patience uh, so that we could allow that to flourish. And now we're starting to see the fruits of, of the labor that went into that. Um, so uh, with that, uh, I'm going to recommend a piece of content. Um, I'm going to say, uh, and this is one I just, I saw it re-mentioned recently, um, but fiction. Uh, if you guys have not read it, uh, The Mandibles, it's a good, great book. It's uh, actually, I'll just grab it here really quick. So I quite enjoyed this. Uh, uh, John Vallis did a, a book club uh, of it, a Bitcoiner book club uh, a while back, and I was on it with a few people. But anyways, 
really fun book. Well, it's not fun. It's pretty dire, <laughs> but uh, it's called The Mandibles. And, uh, and it's about the, the collapse uh, and the hyperinflation of the U.S. dollar uh, from 2029 to 2047. Um, so it's set, uh, you know, uh, just under a decade into the future. Uh, it talks about um, a, a future president defaulting on the U.S.'s debt, um, uh, the money printing that runs rampant, and the dire living conditions of everybody under that as the world around the U.S. moves on from the U.S. dollar as a world reserve currency, and they create uh, an alternative reserve currency that is, again, backed by something scarce, um, and the U.S. tries to navigate that and institute laws in and around ensuring that people only use that currency. And it's, it's just, it gets pretty dark, um, but it's also super interesting um, and it's a very kind of like human tale of like, how would people that knew what it was like to live in the U S prior react if this type of a situation were to play out. So, um, again, the mandibles it's by somebody named Lionel Shriver, uh, well worth a read, give it a check it out. Uh, Nico final thoughts and any recommendations? Yeah. First of all, absolute honor to be on Why Are We Bullish. I absolutely love this show. It's one of my favorites. I got to stop fanboying over Ben. I also <laughs> want to give a shout out to uh, the most legendary Bitcoin podcast that ever existed, The Meme Factory. Just kidding. Maybe I'm not. Does it exist? We never know. But anyways, the actual article that I want to recommend, and the reason I want to recommend this, Ben, is because, and Kevin, is because it really helped me understand what fediments are and how it could potentially be a good solution. It's not 100%, there's trade-offs, but it is definitely better um, than a lot of people holding their Bitcoin on exchanges, right? And that is Fediments, right? And the name of the article is, Can Fediments Help Bitcoin uh, Scale to the World? It's an article by Alex Gladstein, it's on Bitcoin Magazine, and Odell has was trying to explain it to me for like a month, and then, I still, it wouldn't click in my head. And then when I read that, I was like, okay, this is like proton mail. Like this is, this is literally like proton mail. Um, and it really opened my eyes. It really explained what the use cases are um, and how people kind of have their own version of fediments, but with different things and how, you know, the Arab culture kind of have some in Africa, they do it, it's popular. And what it basically is, is like most people don't have the technical know-how to take complete self-custody. And what this is, it's basically, it's a federation. So a, a group of people are responsible for the custody of that Bitcoin. Now, is it ideal? No, right? Of course it's not, a, it's not better than self-custody, but it's definitely better than what most people do today, which is just leave their Bitcoin on an exchange, right? And the reason that they do that is because it's very easy. Fediments makes that custody a little bit easier. It makes it, it, it it's not as it's not as technical as self custody. So I do think this is a bridge in the gap, specifically for people that just don't aren't very technically savvy. And on top of that, this could be a back end thing. So the user might not even know he's using a Fediment wallet, right? And that's what makes me so bullish on it. And the the proton mail analogy is the one that i always use because think about proton mail you sign up 
you're using, you don't know, unless you know and you look behind and you read the advertising, you don't know that you're using an encrypted email. You don't know that people don't have access, can't read your emails, right? You don't know that. For you, it looks basically the same as, as, as Gmail, right? But it provides a whole nother layer of security, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that the, the custody problem is a major issue. If, if this is a revolution of self-custody, enough people self-custody we win this thing and the fact is that most people still have their bitcoin on coinbase and they leave it there they're like i bought bitcoin i have it right so i think fediments might be a good solution and that article that I, I'm, I'm ranting on a little bit that article definitely made me understand it which is why i recommend it awesome go check it out can fediments help bitcoin scale to the world it's on bitcoin magazine awesome thanks for that man uh, Kevin, you're up. Any final thoughts and any recommendations? I have a lot to learn about Fediments. Uh, I think that's going to be an important part of Bitcoin moving forward. And uh, I'm excited to dig into that article and uh, learn a little more. Um, one other, I'll just kind of finish off with one book recommendation that I've only started, but I'm enjoying so far is uh, Bitcoin is Venice, mm -hmm. um, Alan Farrington. Um, yeah. It's an interesting one so far. I, I'm only about... I'm probably not even a quarter way through, but I just picked it up the other day and uh, excited to dig into it. It just seems it's a different, it's a fresh perspective on Bitcoin, um, which is nice. It's it, yeah, it takes a different approach than uh, than most um, educators or or people in the space. Um, it's it's not as uh, yeah, it's a different approach from what you might find at the Bitcoin Standard or or some of the other like fundamental books um, for Bitcoiners. Awesome. Yeah, I've got it. Uh, it's queued up on my shelf here. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to get through a bunch of them, but uh, Bitcoin in his Venice is one of the ones that I have sitting there. I heard it's uh, a bit of a deeper read. Um, it is. Yeah. 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 It, which makes sense given uh, the authors. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, I'm, ex I'm excited for, for this read. So yeah, great recommendation. Awesome. Uh, well, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me uh again i appreciate all your time and hats off to nat for joining us earlier um <laughs> and yellow of course i'm glad to see that yellow made his way into oh there he is there he is <laughs> yes he yes he is here um uh i'm glad that he could join us too uh but guys uh everybody watching of course both these guys and nat their twitter handles are in the show notes go give them a follow and from there you'll be able to find everything else that they are working on uh, and of course, you guys are always welcome back. And uh, Nico, see you Thursday. See you Thursday, man. Awesome. Honor to be here, Ben. Thanks. Thanks guys. for having me on. Really enjoyed this one. Cheers. Awesome. All right. And everybody watching, thank you so much for being here. Hope you enjoyed that. Let me know what you thought about it in the comments. If you are watching uh, or listening uh, via streaming sats on Fountain or Breeze or whatever it may be, uh, hit that boost button if you really enjoyed it um of course again go follow the guests from today uh if you want to support the show like subscribe share all those things they really really do help get this content in front of more eyeballs or ears uh and uh thank you to those of you that have been doing that you can also help the show by visiting the previously mentioned sponsors down below CoinKite, shakepay leaden bit refill and bill Foddle. Uh, they're all linked down below. And finally, if you really like the show, you can always hit me up 
with a Bitcoin tip at my strike page, strike.me slash BTC sessions, head there, type in any amount you want. Uh, when you hit the tip button, you'll be greeted with a lightning invoice, or if you tap to the right, a regular Bitcoin QR code. With that, I am out. Have yourselves a wonderful day or evening. See you guys next time for your daily session. Hold the Bitcoin.